What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. Omron. I know that some of you guys are out there down bad, 0-6, 1-5, and I just want to come on here and let you guys know there is hope. It is only week seven, which is just early enough so you're not at the point of no return yet, but it means you have to act now, and that's what this video is for. We're going to talk about five must-buy-and-sell trade targets because the worst thing you could possibly do right now if you're down bad is roll over, accept defeat, you should be doing the opposite. You should be out here wheeling and dealing, flipping and ripping, making trades, going on waivers, buying high, selling low, selling high, buying low. You should just be switching things up, inviting variants onto your team. Right now, we're getting close to a spot where we're too deep to dig ourselves out of that hole. So we're going to talk about some trade targets or guys who are down bad, some trade targets, people who are contending, who are, you know, first place in their league. We have trade targets of all kinds here. We're going to talk about three buys and two sells. Let's not waste any time. If you enjoyed the video at any point, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm all right, so we're going to talk about our three buy targets up top and then our two sell candidates at the bottom of the show here. First up, as a buy, is Chris Godwin. And I really like the idea of capitalizing on the Buccaneers' stink right now. Brady's yelling at people. He's going through a divorce. He's yelling at offensive linemen. They lost to the Steelers here. I think they're at 500, like 3-3 three and three at this point. And they had no wide receivers finish in the top 20 PPR wide receivers in Week 6. And when we talk about Chris Godwin, he's been the wide receiver 19 since returning from his ACL injury or ACL injury slash like hamstring that he had in week one since week four. And him staying at wide receiver 19 is nice because he's had no spike weeks. He hasn't really won anybody any weeks yet. I think that he's right at a spot here where you can't necessarily buy super low, but you don't have to pay a ton for what is going to be a premium like fringe top 12 wide receiver rest of season. This is a guy that since returning in week four, Godwin has had five more targets than Mike Evans, despite running 24 less routes. You have to remember that that is very impressive to have five more targets than Evans because he only played 53.9% of the snaps in week five, which is one of those three games. He also has a 24% target per out run, which means he's commanding volume despite being an offense with Mike Evans. And the only reason he's underperforming here is because of efficiency. Since returning, he's had about the same amount of expected points per game, which we talk about this all the time, but expected points per game is based on your volume, your targets, your red zone targets, how much volume or how many points per game should you be scoring based on your volume. And since returning to play, he has 15.6 expected points per game to Mike Evans 15.2. But since week four in this sample, Mike Evans is the wide receiver nine and Godwin is the wide receiver 19. And that's because Godwin is underperforming his expected points by minus 2.2. Evans is overproducing his expected points that's why he's plus two. And that lack of efficiency can be explained by a few things. One, just randomness. Efficiency bounces around a lot of the times. The other is that he's working back from an injury. So sort of takes a little bit for him to get ramped up off an ACL tear that he suffered at the end of last year. And then on top of that, he needs to kind of build rapport with Brady here after not playing with him for a while in an NFL game type setting. But now after three games, he's, you know, going toe to toe with Mike Evans in terms of volume, despite playing less routes and less snaps. It seems like he's at a full share of routes, of snaps. It seems like he's fully healthy now. I think that he is going to be a top 12 point per game wide receiver rest of season. And he gets a really, really light schedule here over these next few games where I think Brady's going to come out here and sort of play like he has something to prove. He gets Carolina, who 
allows the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers, Baltimore, who allows the 5th most points, the Rams, who allow the 12th most points, and Seattle, who allows the 25th most points, which isn't, isn't good, but they have been drawing teams out two shootouts every week outside of the Cardinals game, but most games with the Seattle Seahawks have been shootouts, which is a good environment for Godwin. So I think if you could take a wide receiver that's not super sexy or even somebody that sort of has some hype right now, like a DeAndre Hopkins, right, coming off the injury or not the injury coming off the suspension, people are like, oh, Hopkins is going to be great, especially with Marquise Brown gone. So you could take Hopkins in like a little small piece for Godwin. I would love that. Same thing with like an Alan Lazard. If I could do Alan Lazard in a piece for Godwin, I would love that as well. I would try and get a wide receiver that you're not crazy about, plus like not a waiver piece, but somebody you don't really care about that's not going in your lineup a ton. See if you could go out there buy Godwin you're not going to buy him super super low but low-ish or you know at a fair price for what he should be end of season in a few weeks our next buy is a true buy low that I would have for teams that are winning games right now I think a true true buy low is JK Dobbins his stock is at an all-time low right now if you can go to his owner and if his owner is like one in five two and four oh and six I would try and buy him for super super cheap and give him like immediate production, right? Like maybe Jeff Wilson for Dobbins and just say, hey man, you need points right now. You're losing, you're down bad. You can't wait for J.K. Dobbins to get healthy and for this Ravens backfield to get sorted. Now, when we talk about J.K. Dobbins, he comes back from injury in week three. He has a slow start in week three, which is expected. And then in week four, he puts up 22.3 points on 17 touches and it looks like he's fully back. Since then, his snaps and his touches have decreased in week five and week six. Apparently his knee tightened up in week six, what we just had here, uh, you could talk about like the MetLife turf possibly causing that. We saw that give Sterling Shepard problems. Regardless, everything that has been good about Dobbins is erased in the market size. He is the lowest on the market he's ever been. He's declining in play. He's re-injuring himself. Then you also have Kenyon Drake rushing over 100 yards this weekend while J.K. Dobbins was ineffective. You have Gus Edwards returning to play soon. So all of this is just sort of creating a huge negative whirlwind of panic for J.K. Dobbins. And the reason I like buying low right now is because it seems like he's still recovering from a pretty brutal ACL tear. I think it was like ACL, MCL, might even been some like hip damage as well, or hamstring damage. A lot happened there. And the Ravens still want him to be their guy. It's not like they have a really loaded running back room. Gus Edwards isn't that great. And Kenyon Drake, obviously, isn't that amazing either. We want these running backs that are tied to Lamar Jackson. They get a huge efficiency boost from that and this is a tweet from one of the doctors on twitter jeff Mueller. he does great stuff on there and he says here he expects a mid to late season surge for jk dobbins because that's sort of what you expect here with players coming off major injuries like acl tears they sort of start slow and they turn up as the season goes on kind of like what we expect with rookies so he had a tweet on april 8th that was just a projection of the usual 12 to 15 percent drop that you see in production post one year operation from ACL tears, which would put J.K. Dobbins at about 11.6 points per game. Right now he's at 8.6, and Jeff kind of points this idea that we expect players to have a decrease in their points per game, but it doesn't mean that they're going to have the same points per game all throughout, right? Like 12 points per game through the entire season. You could have like eight points per game in the beginning of the season. And then like 14 points per game at the end of the season and it evens out to 12. And that's what he's kind of alluding here with J.K. Dobbins as a buy low. So J.K. Dobbins being at 8.6 points per game since coming back in week three means that after sort of dealing with this knee tightness or whatever and coming back fully healthy rest of the season, down the stretch, he could be a guy who averages like 15 points per game and be a league winner for fantasy. So I think that when we look at Dobbins, 
He did leave the game with knee tightness. There's a chance that that doesn't even really cause him to miss a game here. I wouldn't start him this week, and that's why I wouldn't want to buy him if I'm not 4-2, and 5-1, and 6-0. and But after his bye week in week 10, I think that he should be fine at that point. He should be healthy. Even with Gus Edwards in the backfield, who might not even be right off of his own ACL injury. And you get a really nice bounce back spot after the bye. You get Carolina and Jacksonville. These are two teams that are in the top eight for defenses that are allowing the most fantasy points to running backs right now. There's a two layup matchups. I think that there are better days ahead. If I could lowball Dobbins for like a Corderell Patterson, a Brian Robinson, I think would be great, great for a Dobbins, a James Conner, an Elijah Mitchell. And that's just given, you know, maybe the guy's out on J.K. Dobbins and he's in a good spot, like five and one. He wants to win later. Like I said, Elijah Mitchell's Jamal Williams, I think, could even maybe get it like Jamal Williams in a piece could maybe get it done. I'm saying buy super, super low. He seems like a guy that managers are like almost ready to cut at this point. Now, with our last buy candidate here, we have Deontay Johnson. And we're going to bring it back to what we talked about last week. We talked a lot about fantasy points over expectation. That was the theme of the video we talked about the players who were underperforming their expected output we should be buying those players the guys who are overperforming their expected output should be sold and deontay johnson is a very clear buy to me he's the wide receiver 11 in expected points per game he's underachieving that by minus 5.8 points per game the only wide receiver in the top 11 that is doing worse than that is Cortland Sutton at minus 2.7 so he is doing double the underperforming that Cortland Sutton is doing with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Now, he's never been worse despite Deontay Johnson playing with Ben Roethlisberger, playing with Mason Rudolph for that one year, and what, Duck Hodges that one year. He's never been worse in a season than minus one fantasy points over expectation per game. He's at minus 5.8 right now. That has to bounce back. That has to get to, I'm not saying it'll even come to even, but I can't see it being worse than like minus two and a half, minus 5.8 would be historically bad. He's still commanding targets from whatever quarterbacks on this team. He's at a 27% target share, regardless of the quarterback. And he gets a really nice bounce back spot this week versus a Dolphins team that is allowing the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. He also gets a really nice schedule down the stretch where he gets the Ravens twice in his last four games for allowing the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Now, I don't think he's going to be an amazing wide receiver, right? He's in the top 12 in terms of expected points per game. I think he'll probably settle out in terms of points per game in like the wide receiver 18 to 24 area. And I do think that you can buy him low. Some wide receivers I would try and maybe swap for him would be guys like Brandon Cooks, McLaurin, Michael Thomas, who I love as a sell candidate if he's out there. And it's like Michael Thomas is getting healthy. There's hype for that. And you can, you know, cash him out for like a top 15, top 20 wide receiver. I'll do that all day. In terms of running backs, I think Zeke would be a good sell for him. I think Brian Robinson would be a good sell for him. Just however you can buy Deontay Johnson low if the owner is out there frustrated with Deontay Johnson especially seeing Chase Claypool go off I think that you could find people who are tilting a little bit and I'll also give you guys some bonus buys as well some honorable mentions I like Debo as a buy he's somebody who's underperforming his expected points per game if we look at that graphic that I just had up Debo is at 17.2 points per game or 17.7 points per game and he's underperforming that by minus 2.1 Debo has always been a guy who has been great in FPOE where he's like usually like plus two plus three plus four I don't know if he'll get to that this year, but he should see some positive regression this season, especially with the San Francisco defense being a little bit more banged up than they were planning going into the year. That's why they just lost to the Falcons. That could invite them into more negative game scripts. So I would just bet on the talent 
of Debo Samuel. I also like Sutton and Judy. Sutton's coming off a bad game. Judy's coming off a bad game. Another bad Broncos Monday night football game. I do still hold strong that I think by like week 12, week 13, this Broncos offense should be fine. If I could buy low on Sutton or Judy, I would. And same thing with Drake London. I saw Drake London like after the top 35 wide receivers on some uh, like CBS trade value chart. He's down there with like Garrett Wilson and he's down there with like Darnell Mooney. If you can buy low on Drake London, even in this bad environment of an offense, he was producing beginning of the year. He still has a 30% plus target share, 1000% go out there and get Drake London. Now, before we get into the sales, make sure you check out patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I come out every single Wednesday with my rest of season rankings. So you guys can see my top 25 quarterbacks, top 50 running backs, top 50 wide receivers, top 25 tight ends. So you can go out there, make sound trades where, you know, you're not trading players too low. You're not trading four players too high. And you can kind of see where I value things on the market. That'll be on patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. It'll be at the top of the description in the top of the comments down below. Now, our first sell candidate here is if you're down bad, if you are out there and you're 0 and 6, you're 1 and 5, you're 2 and 4, and you have Dalvin Cook, who is on a buy this week, you need to go make a move. When you're at this point in the season, you need to make moves if you're down bad, right? If you're 0 and 6, 1 and 5, 2 and 4. Trading players invites variance onto your team, which can swing things in a huge way for better or for worse. But that's kind of the beauty of it, right? Like that's why if you are at the upper echelon of your league and you're like 6 and 0, you don't really have to make trades. You're inviting a lot of risk onto your team by doing that. But when you're already one in five and you're making a trade and you're inviting that risk onto your team, what is the worst that can happen? Like you're almost eliminating your downside by already being at the bottom of the league. Like you can only go up or you screw up your team more. You're already one in five. Okay, now you're done for good. But if that variance swings in your way, you crush a trade, you swing up, you start climbing up the standings and that's when you start winning games again. Now, I also want to say there's only so much variance you can invite onto a bad team by trading small pieces. Like if you're trading away like Claypool or Alec Pierce, you know, making little tiny moves isn't going to change a ton on your team. But a guy like Dalvin Cook is such a big piece that you can invite a lot of variance onto your team in the form of trading like Dalvin Cook and maybe like one player for like two to three like medium to high end players. You know what I mean? Like sort of breaking Dalvin Cook down into a bunch of little bets that have a ton of variance. Now, when we talk about Dalvin Cook himself, the reason I'm selling is he hasn't looked great this year. He is still yet to see a 100-yard rushing game, and he would have had a dud game in week six, what we just had, if not for that 50-yard touchdown run that saved his day in like the fourth quarter. Without it, he would have had 12 carries for 25 yards and one catch for six yards. And on top of not being that great this season, not looking like one of the premier pure rushers up there with guys like Derrick Henry, Taylor, Chubb, he looks like he's lost a step a little bit here. And in terms of volume, it hasn't been great. He is the RB19 in expected points per game. He's the RB15 in points per game. Yet he can be traded for at like top eight running back prices. This is the CBS trade value chart. And again, say what you want about trade value charts. I record this on Tuesday. It's the only one that comes out by the time I record. And I like having just as a baseline for you guys to see sort of how the market values these players. Dalvin Cook at RB7, I would trade him away at that price all day long. I would take every single running back in this screenshot over Dalvin Cook. I would take all of the premier wide receivers over him. I would love to trade him for like Amon Ross St. Brown. If I could trade him for like Chris Godwin and another piece, like if I could do like Chris Godwin and Kenneth Walker for Dalvin Cook, I think I probably would. I think I probably would. If I'm down bad, I don't mind doing something like that. Again, trade a big piece here. Maybe you could do a one for two or like a two for three. Invite variants onto your team if you're down bad. Now, our last sell candidate here is Juju Smith-Schuster. 
And to be honest with you, where I have Juju, I'm just holding at this point. I don't think I can get a ton for him. I also think that he's on the Chiefs. I'm down to just sort of bet on the offense and Mahomes sort of making Juju a thing this year. But I know a lot of managers are frustrated and a lot of managers have an opportunity here to sell high after a 22-point game. And when you look at the expected points, it was not pretty for him. He only saw five targets and only saw a 12.5% target share. And he was only expected to score 8.6 points on that volume. He outproduced his volume by 13.7 points, which led to a 22-point game, which would give you a perfect spot to sell high because he did vastly outperform what he was expected to score. And I think if you could trade away Juju for guys in like the Drake London, Chris Olave, Rashad Bateman, Deontay Johnson area, even if you had to add a little piece, I think that is probably a good idea. Now that is going to do it for us today. As always, if you enjoyed the video, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, and I will see you guys in the next one. Foolies glad I'm home. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag up on. Rapper song, singer, suspended subpoena.